This week is the unofficial start of the college football season, at least if you're a Big 12 fan. I'm Pete Mundo. HeartlandCollegeSports.com is where you find us, how you find us, covering the Big 12 Conference. It is always great to have you on the show. This week is Big 12 Media Days. That's what this week is. It is a great week for those of us who cover college football, and hopefully it's a great week for you as well as a fan because we get to take you behind the scenes. We get to take you inside what's happening in Big 12 country, and we get to give you the live look at some of what the folks are doing down there at Media Day. So we are so excited about this week. We are going to have the full staff of Heartland College Sports down at this event in Arlington, Texas, a couple of days this week, and we are excited about it. So I want to run down the top five questions that we're watching, the storylines that I'm personally watching as we get you set for Big 12 Media Days. And the biggest storyline to watch to me is Brett Yormark, because this is Brett Yormark's first Big 12 Media Days. Remember, he took the job last August after Media Days had wrapped up. So this is, I know it feels like he's been around forever, but this is Brett Yormark's first Big 12 Media Days. The amount of things that he's done, the success that he's had, I mean, whether it's the TV deal, which takes the cake, whether it's the Big 12 going to Mexico, Rucker Park, Big 12 Eats, um, the way that they have branded these tournaments with more entertainment, the expansion rumors, obviously. There's a lot that Brett Yormark has done and been a part of in the first 11 months on the job, but this will be his first Big 12 Media Days appearance. And there's going to be a lot to talk to him about. But I, here's the guy who's now the face of the conference. The Big 12 has never really had this where the guy who's the face of the conference is the commissioner. You know, it's always been some big-time coach or it's always been one of the Blue Bloods. But they're leaving. OU and Texas are heading out the door. So now you've got this charismatic this big personality at commissioner, this guy who's been a bull in a china shop, made a lot of noise in his first 11 months on the job, and now he takes the mantle at Big 12 Media Days as the most interesting person. And he will be the most sought-after person as well at Big 12 Media Days. And he should be because of where the Big 12 is right now, what the last year has looked like, and what the next year is going to look like. I mean, if you're a Big 12 fan, you could not have had a better nine-month run. Or let's say, I mean, if we're going back to the start of football season, yeah, give or take nine months, 10 months maybe. You couldn't have had a better nine, 10-month run. You got a football team to win the national championship for the first time ever in the college football playoff era. OU and Texas did not get to a Big 12 championship game. Then, you know, you had a very good basketball season. Maybe you feel like you should have gotten a team or two to the Final Four. That's understandable. But you still came out of basketball season as what most people perceive to be the best basketball conference in America. And, um, you know, there's a lot to be excited about. You got your TV deal. There's innovation happening in this league. That was not the case a couple of years back. And that's not to knock the prior regime. It's just taking the next step. And that's what makes a guy like Brett Yormark so intriguing. And that's why he's the number one storyline to watch this week at Big 12 Media Days. Meantime, number two, well, if Brett Yormark's one, you know what two is, right? When it comes to storylines at Big 12 Media Days this week, you know what it is. Expansion. 
Expansion, 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 expansion. Oh, and a little bit more expansion. What do you think? I, you know, Pac-12 Media Days is not happening till later this month. So the Big 12 gets first dibs at potentially being the team to share some news or share something when it comes to expansion. So we'll see what this week brings. Now, I imagine... Your mark's going to keep it close to the vest, right? I mean, he's done a pretty darn good job at that. However, can we get a coach? Does a coach say something about expansion that's maybe interesting or outside the box? Does somebody, I don't want to say slip up, but does somebody tip the hand, show the hand? We've talked to a lot of people publicly and privately on this front. And, um, you know, for the most part, everybody is pretty much close to the vest. But. If there's ever a time where something could slip, it would be this week at Big 12 Media Day. So we'll watch. We'll see what happens on that front, and uh, we'll see how it plays out. So expansion is the number two thing to watch at Media Days this week, Um, especially when you think about the fact that two years ago, we were at Media Days, and Bob Bowlesby, the former commissioner, was joking about how he finally wasn't getting any expansion questions. Well, about two and a half, three weeks later, the Big 12 almost imploded when OU in Texas announced that they were leaving or reports leaked from the Houston Chronicle, if you recall, that they were leaving. So let's not jinx it again. But, you know, the Big 12 is obviously in a much better spot than it was two years ago. Next up, third biggest storyline to watch at Big 12 Media Days this week. The four new faces, Houston, UCF, Cincinnati, and BYU, are all in the Big 12. It's officially here. They're officially on board. And these are very exciting times if you're a Big 12 fan or if you're a fan of any of these teams. So welcome in UCF fans. Welcome in Cincinnati. Welcome in BYU. Uh, Welcome in UCF. You're all welcomed in here. We're so fired to have you guys up. And, you know, it was September of 21 that these four teams were extended an invite and now here we are over almost two years later, and um, we're going to get to know these teams. And, you know, here's the deal. I, I don't, and I say this because I'm always transparent with you guys, I don't know these teams as well as I want to. Now I'm doing my best to learn them before the season starts, but I mean the personalities, the intricacies, the styles, things like that. I'm going to learn the teams, and I'm going to make sure that our staff knows these teams as well as anybody when it comes to Big 12 coverage. But there's a learning curve. And part of the learning curve is getting to see these teams in action, getting to see these teams as, you know, they're kind of dressed down, they're out of pads, they're out of media days, which can be very informal, very casual. You get to walk up to the coaches, walk up to the players, and ask them questions and talk to them and get to know them as people. And I'm excited about that as much as I am anything else. So those are the things that I look at and I say, I can't wait for that. I can't wait. I can't wait to see whose personalities shine. Who are the players that are coming down the Big 12 media days from these four new teams that we don't know, that we aren't familiar with as Big 12 fans, but that the second we get to know them, we know they're going to be stars. We know that they're going to be people that you're going to want to hear from, that you're going to embrace, that you're going to be intrigued by. And I firmly believe that each of these programs brings something beneficial and unique to the Big 12 that will only further the league and further this brand. 
and we'll get that relationship started this week in Arlington at Big 12 Media Days. You have a BYU brand that's national. Heck, it's global in many ways. Incredible addition for the Big 12, getting in that late time slot as well. You can't undervalue that. You go into Florida, obviously one of the most recruiting rich states in the country, if not the most. After Texas, you'd get a foothold there in Florida. That's enormous. And I think UCF, uh, you know, I'm not predicting them to be the Gators, but look at the way they're recruiting. I mean, that that program is uh, is going to be really good. Then you look at Cincinnati. They get you that stranglehold into Big Ten country, get you a foothold there, which is always valuable. A lot of high-quality recruits there as well. And then Houston, hey, you're never going to say no to the number three metropolitan area in the nation with some of the hottest recruiting beds in the country right there in the greater Houston area. You're never going to say no to that. So there is value in each of these four, and I can't wait to get that started this week. Meantime, uh, the fourth biggest storyline to watch at Big 12 Media Days this week, well, goodbye OU and Texas. This is the last time we will see Oklahoma and Texas at Media Days. It's their last one, and you and I both know there's going to be a lot of questions around their departure. And i got to imagine, the coaches and the players in attendance are mostly going to deflect. But it just takes one of them. It just takes one of them to screw up, to mess up, to give some bulletin board material to somebody else that is going to fire up the rest of the Big 12 all season long. It's only taken one. And you know there's going to be a lot of questions about leaving this league. And I'm not expecting Steve Sarkeesian or Brent Venables to stick their foot in their mouth, but anything's possible. It could come from a player. Who knows? But, you know, we'll see. Does one of them mess up? Does one of them give that bulletin board material? And here's why I'm not buying OU in Texas this year on the football field. They already are getting everybody's best game. Already, OU and Texas have always gotten that. But now... For these guys, last chance they've got to play in Oklahoma, play in a play at Texas, this is it. This is a game they'll tell their kids and their grandkids about when they get older. They are going to pour their hearts, their souls into this game in a way that they already do, but it's going to be that on steroids. And I know you can't quantify that when you call and pick these games before the season, but don't underestimate it. I firmly believe that I'm not just trying to be biased against OU in Texas. I said I'd call it straight with these teams until they're leaving the Big 12 in about a year. But I believe that you can't quantify it, but the fact that they're leaving will mean they're going to get everybody's best game times 100 this year. Logan writes on our YouTube Live, Pete, I hope there are a lot of SEC chants when Texas and OU lose in Big 12 play. We heard some of those last year, as I recall. Something tells me we'll get plenty more of them this year. I remember some of them in the OU losses, since OU struggled quite a bit last year. I remember that. I don't remember it a ton in Texas games, but I definitely remember it at a couple of OU losses. And last but not least, the fifth biggest storyline to watch at Big 12 Media Days this year. Those going from hunter to hunted. What do I mean by that? Who do I mean by that? Well, this year it's TCU and Kansas State. Two teams that nobody thought 
had a chance to win the Big 12 last year. I mean, you know, some people like K-State, Adrian Martinez, Deuce Vaughn. But I mean, generally speaking, nobody was really thinking that K-State was going to win a Big 12 championship, for the most part. Nobody, nobody was thinking TCU in year one under Sonny Dykes was going to get to a college football playoff. Nobody saw that coming. So now these teams go from the hunter to the hunted. And here's the thing. Going from the hunter to the hunted has not been good in recent years for most Big 12 teams. Now, if you look at the Big 12, it has been so unpredictable. We have had six different Big 12 teams play in the conference title game the past four seasons. Oklahoma and Baylor are the only teams to have appeared twice. But it's also included Iowa State, TCU, Kansas State, and Oklahoma State. But think about it. Think about the last few years in the Big 12. For many of these teams, they've had disappointing follow-up seasons after their Big 12 title appearance. Baylor made the title game in 2019. Then they won, what, two games in 20. Iowa State got to the Big 12 title game, won the Fiesta Bowl in 2020, and they went 7-6 and six the next year. Oklahoma State and Baylor met in the Big 12 title game two years ago. And then last year, both had very mediocre seasons. So what's in store for TCU and Kansas State this year? TCU lost a lot more off of a team that got to a national title. Um, We'll see. I mean, right? You got Chandler Morris in there. How's that going to work? K-State returns a lot more talent, many more starters. So they should feel better about things. But still, it's different being the hunted versus the hunter. You never really know how a team handles that, how they quantify that. And, you know, whether or not they still have that fire in the belly, that same group of guys, in large part, have the same fire in the belly that they had last year that got them to a Big 12 championship game. You just don't know. And with how topsy-turvy this league has been and unpredictable and a roller coaster, whatever cliche you want to use, the Big 12 has been, it's very tough to predict. Very tough. So uh, those, to me, are the top five storylines I'm watching at Big 12 Media Days this week in Arlington, Texas, and uh, we are so excited for it. We're going to have the whole staff down there. We'll have a full report for you uh, next week here on the show. I'm Pete Mundo, heartlandcollegesports.com. We cover the Big 12. Thanks for being here. Hit that subscribe button on YouTube, would you please, or on the podcast. And if you do it on the podcast, as always... We've got the Heartland College Sports Koozies. When you leave us a rating and a review and send me a screenshot to Pete Mundo, M-U-N-D-O, at heartlandcollegesports.com. So let me get to some of your questions here while we have a few minutes. Pete, how do you feel about K-State this year? They seem very hard to read. That is from Zach on YouTube. Well, I'll tell you what, Zach. I believe that um, Kansas State's going to win the Big 12. I love the offensive line coming back. I think that Will Howard's the best quarterback. If I have to win one game in the Big 12, one game in the Big 12 today, I'm taking Will Howard. The accuracy, the poise, the wheels, the size, I like it all with Will Howard. I mean, I think this dude, if he has the year that he could have, I mean, he's going to rise up some NFL draft boards as well. I really like Will Howard. And um, defense loses some key pieces. But I trust Chris Kleiman. I trust that staff. I Listen, you could, you could make the case for probably half of the teams in the Big 12 to win this year. You really could. Uh, maybe not half, but you could probably find five to six teams you can make a strong case to win the league this year. 
and, and convince me and compel me on it. No other league, no other power league in America can say that. The Big 12 can. So I'm, I'm high on Kansas State, but uh, sheesh, I, um, I, I, can, can, I can be convinced in many different directions. I'll tell you that much right now. Parity is what makes the Big 12 so entertaining. That is exactly right. No doubt about it. Exactly right. Now, I, you know, I also think the Big 12 media got it wrong picking Texas to win the 2023 conference title. I went through some of that in previous shows, but just to run it down real quick, and I've talked about it here, you can't put a price on motivation other teams are going to have to beat Texas. I think that we're way over buying Steve Sarkeesian and Quinn Ewers. I mean, Steve Sarkeesian is two years in, and he's 13-12 and 12 as a head coach with the best talent in the conference. I, like, are we really sure about Steve Sarkeesian? Are we really sure about Quinn Ewers, who completed less than 60% of his passes with some of the best offensive talent and an offensive supposed genius as his head coach last year? And the schedule. The schedule is tough for the Texas Longhorns. UT is home to Kansas, which this is after they go to Waco to open up Big 12 play. They lost to Kansas two years ago at home. KU's returning 17 starters. Waco's always tough, especially in what's going to be their last year in the Big 12. Um, And then the home stretch. The home stretch is brutal. The final month. I mean, the gauntlet comes when they play... K-State, TCU, Iowa State, and Ames in late November, and then a Black Friday game against Texas Tech. That is really tough for Texas. Really tough. So I, um, I think the Big 12 media got it way wrong picking the Longhorns, and it was overwhelming how much they picked the Longhorns by. Now, uh, not sure if you saw this. Came down here in the last few days. Let's spend some time on this. The Big 12... According to CBS Sports' Dennis Dodd, has very little interest in adding San Diego State. Well, I can't say I'm shocked by it. There was always this assumption that because Brett Yormark wanted to go west or wanted that final time zone, that San Diego State was a natural fit. But I think a lot of that was just assumptions, right? A lot of that was just people saying, well, you know, I mean, they're in the... California, they're on the West Coast. The more I hear about San Diego State, the clunkiness of how the football stadium was built, right? That's one thing. It's an East-West stadium, I heard. Like, what is that all about? I, 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 who, who ever thought that was a good idea? I mean, and that's not make or break, but I did hear that recently. I'm like, what? And then when you look at what the other options are, right? If you're the Big 12, and you're looking to add or expand West, and you still think you've got a good shot at some of the Pac-12 teams, why not just wait it out, right? Wait it out. See what's going to happen. Don't rush to add San Diego State. San Diego State, here's what San Diego State's mistake was here. San Diego State has and had zero leverage the last few weeks, and they were acting like they were freaking USC. They're telling the Mountain West they're resigning. They're like, we're out of here. We're done. It's like, to go where? Where are you going to go? I mean, it was so bizarre. They tried this power play, and it totally backfired on them. They got kicked right in the teeth. It reminds me of the Seinfeld episode where uh, 
<laughs> do you do you remember that? Oh gosh, I'm trying to think of who the company was <laughs> when um, Costanza ends up quitting his job. And then he walks in the next day. Jerry convinces him that he shouldn't have quit his job. He walks in the next day into the meeting like nothing ever happened. He's like, what do you mean? I work here. Like, that's what San Diego State tried to do. They told the Mountain West they were leaving. And then they tried to, you know, basically walk back in and be like, sorry about that. Our bad. That was a mistake. Whoopsie daisy. And now, a week after that, uh, the Big 12 apparently has little interest in him. I would have little interest in San Diego State for simply how they conducted themselves over the last few weeks. It was such a turnoff. You ask the Mountain West for an extension. That way you have to pay less money potentially on your buyout. They tell you to pound sand. Obviously, why would they? That, that makes all the sense in the world. They tell you to pound sand. Then you tell them that you're resigning for what you don't even know. And then nothing happens. You get no invite to the Pac-12. And then you go back to the Mountain West and say, whoops, sorry. Like that whole, the way that went down from San Diego State is a huge turnoff. And I would want no part of that if I was the Big 12 Conference. So Dennis Dodd says that, you know, basically what they're doing, and it makes sense, is that um, they're waiting to see if they can bring aboard a couple of Pac-12 schools along with the possibility of adding UConn. And that does not surprise me one bit. Brett Yormark, at his core, is an East Coast New York City guy. He is infatuated with UConn. Now, he's got to get the other Big 12 presidents and ADs on board. They apparently are not just yet. But that's where he sees the Big 12 being able to take that next step into the Northeast Corridor get a team that's won a national championship on the hardwood. He's a basketball guy through and through. He's a New York guy through and through. And UConn does that as well as anybody. It doesn't mean it's a done deal. It doesn't mean it's even going to happen. It doesn't mean UConn necessarily even wants to do it. But it does mean that when Brett Yormark lists his priorities, that is up there for him, it appears like, far more than San Diego State. And from my perspective, I get it. I do. I get it. It makes sense. So we'll be watching. We'll be following. And uh, I'm sure there'll be plenty more of this that comes out this week with Big 12 Media Days taking place. I'm Pete Mundo on HeartlandCollegeSports.com. We cover the Big 12 each and every day here on the website, on this show, YouTube, the podcast. Thank you for joining us. Take a second out if you could. Um, leave us a rating and a review. It helps us tremendously, and we'll get you a free Heartland College Sports Koozie when you do that. And send me a screenshot to Pete Mundo, M-U-N-D-O, at heartlandcollegesports.com. And I will add, we are adding, and we do have team-specific podcasts. We've got uh, a KU podcast, a K-State podcast, an Oklahoma podcast, an Oklahoma State podcast, TCU podcast, and Texas Tech podcast. We are looking to add more, but just search Heartland College Sports wherever you get your podcasts, and all our shows will come up. So we're adding shows. We're going team-specific, and we appreciate you guys being here as always and being a part of the show. Thank you so much for joining us. We'll talk to you soon. Hit that subscribe button and follow us all week long also on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook for the latest from Big 12 Media Days. Take care.